Welcome to the Natural Podcast, where we bring awareness to sustainable health in the business hustle space. The Natural Podcast is perfect for the high-performing business-minded individuals who want to work with their biochemistry to achieve success and optimal health. It's Friday, which means it's time for French sharing facts about health, business, and overall success. In today's episode, we talk to Jake Steiner. His personal passion is understanding human eyesight and has spent the last 20 years in vision biology science exploring natural myopia control. And myopia's message is your eyes are healthy. You can get back to seeing without glasses. And Jake also hosts web's largest vision improvement community with many tens of thousands of participants and has written over 1,200 articles on vision biology and myopia control. An interesting fact about Jake is that he's a semi-retired stock trader and investor. Welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, Jake. Thanks for having me. That sounds amazing when you say it. <laughs> it does indeed. So you used to be a stock trader and investor. Is that is that a past life thing? It is. It is a past life thing. It's. Uh, I'm committed to doing no more than a handful of trades a year now. Um, and I'm growing this beard. What do you think about this? <laughs> is that is that a, is that a way of saying I'm not an investor anymore? I'm I'm a hippie now. <laughs> Uh, kind of. I, I'm, I'm living on a hippie island and it kind of fits. I keep claiming that I have a, a mysterious imaginary beard where all this wisdom comes from um, just because I like making fun of the institutionalized um, authority that so many things are assigned to. So it's kind of a joke. So I never have a beard, but now I do. So you're one of the only ones to witness this happening. Wow. There you go. It's, it's a yeah. beard of wisdom. Yes, it is. Yeah, yep. the longer it goes, the more wisdom comes. Absolutely, and one hundred percent that. I love that. I absolutely love that. So, look, um, I'm so excited about today's topic that we're going to talk about all things ISA. But before we get into that, let's find a little bit more about Jake. Um, let's find out, like, what what got you to where you are now? Like, what have been the key turning points in your life uh, to get you where you are today, exactly now, that we're, as we're talking? Um, wow, that's a that's a big question. Um, well, as far as the my eyesight's concerned, is I just I, in my early teens I got into glasses and it really changed how I interacted with my surroundings. I used to love sports. I played water polo. I was a big fan of that. My teen years, a swim team. I loved all that stuff. And then glasses slowly turned me into a book reading introvert because. You know, you're stuck behind lenses, you act a little bit weird, your your fine motor skills are affected, you're afraid of things that come flying out of your periphery. Kids notice that you act strange, so they treat you different. I attribute that anyways to just reading a lot. And then I enjoyed reading a lot and that turned me into even more of a nerd. And then after sort of growing up, I became an analyst and just understanding how markets work and investing in things and making money and then getting lucky because it was during a time that this was easy and then sort of retired and then focused on just life. And and one of the random things that I found was just that I didn't want to live behind classes. Yeah. Wow. And like you said, as kids, um, there's so many kids out there that wear glasses and it affects them. Um, it affects their self-esteem, like you mentioned. It affects the sports they may play or they may not play. It affects what they may do in life and so forth. So I can just imagine what an impact it would have had early in life. 
Yeah. And now it's worse, right? Because now sort of what kept me going, because this has a, a, been a side project for me and for people who visit the site and the resources and go, this is weird. I have no financial motive. I, I'm not trying to be famous off of this. So we're just playing. But one of the things that keep me going is I get emails from parents every day now, every day. And 10 years ago, it was not like that at all. But now iPads are babysitters. So all these kids, all these kids are just at arm's length from iPads. And I can explain how that affects the biology. So they end up with corrective lenses early, right? Which affects their entire development and it's completely unnecessary. And I have a tiny little heart. I can't pretend that I care about humanity that much, but that sucks. I have kids and I don't like seeing that you don't get the opportunity just to live a life that's not affected by these things. Yeah, a hundred percent. And we'll talk about that more later, which I'm so excited about. Um, so what got you, what drove you? So you were an investor, a trader, and I guess you were in front of the computer a lot, most of the time. And then where was the click moment where you're like, you know what, I am going to start and myopia and I'm going to start um, educating people about it. So that wasn't really a thing. Um, what happened is I went to an optometrist at some point in my twenties without my parents, right? Like for a long time, my vision was stable. So I never went to an optometrist by myself. And when I did, and they said, you need strong glasses. And it was just, I was at minus five almost. So my, my eyes looked really small behind my lenses and I was a single guy. And of course, vanity, like I didn't want to be this little PEI dude. And they said, I need strong glasses. And that was just, I didn't like that idea. And I asked why, and they said, it's genetic and we don't know. And I'm not a geneticist, but I have enough education and schooling that I understand how genetics work and human genetics didn't change on a global scale specifically to make us all not be able to see in the last 50 years. It's just not how genetics work, right? Like it's not, there isn't this short term affecting all of humanity, one change that's not in our benefit. So I'm like, you can't, it's not likely to be genetics. So went to the library because this was way before fancy internet stuff. And I did some research. And now there's Google Scholar for anybody who's not familiar, scholar.google.com, fantastic resource because the search results are only peer reviewed clinical science. So you go in there and what I found is you type in pseudomyopia and you find out that this mysterious genetic condition is not mysterious at all. Um, ophthalmology science has figured this out over the past 50 years that we're having a muscle spasm and, and not to get ahead of myself. But I found that. And then I did a lot more research on how the biology works and I made a lot of guesses and I just decided to start wearing different glasses, trying to see if that would help correct my eyesight. And it was a personal journey and it wasn't meant to be a thing on the internet. I didn't want my face on the internet. I didn't want my name on the internet. And it just eventually turned into a bit of a blog because I found success and I went to optometrists. I was traveling a lot at the time and just trying to buy weaker glasses. And I was told no. And there's no law that says I can't have weaker glasses. There, there isn't. Like you need 2040 vision to pass a driving license test in most countries. So there's no rule that says, you know, I can't have that. And there was a real arrogance and a real dismissiveness that made me angry. And so I started just writing a terrible blog, which if you look at early posts of Enmiopia, that's what it is. It's just rants. And somehow that over the years caught on. And then people started trying what, what I've been trying. And then people found better ways to do various things. And now it's 20 years later, it's kind of a large community that evolved 
not because I'm such a great guy, but just I never turn it off, basically. Wow, um, that's that's absolutely amazing, and I love I love the, the personality that you have. That you're just like, no, I'm not going to take that. It's not just genetic. There must be something else to it. There must be more to it. And you went and you were digging for further research, and you were digging for the answers, and and you just didn't take the no. And look where we are now. And you're helping thousands and thousands of individuals because you just said no. I'm not taking that. Well. Yeah, it's it's partially because of my background, right? Like I'm not special in any way. I just, as an analyst, you're taught to dig for the truth, right? Like you're being told stuff and sold stuff, but is this company doing well, or are you just being told it is? So it's my job to look at that stuff. So I'm skeptical professionally, and I know to go research, which is a lot of people don't have that. And a lot of my jokes, like the beard and things are to increase your skepticism. I'm doing the opposite of a lot of these websites that are trying to sell you their awesomeness. I'm trying to make you skeptical, but curious, right? Like the ideas I want to kind of not teach is a terrible word, but impart this idea of like, go dig, find out what is at the core of the thing and why people are telling you what they're telling you. And you're likely going to find better answers than, you know, these five things will fix you or this magic pill will fix you or this treatment will fix you. Like ask a few extra questions. Mm, I love that. I love that. So during your whole life journey with what you've been through, um, what has, what does success look like for you now? And what does optimal health look like for you right now? Because I, I was reading a few of your blogs and things like that. And you said, you know, you were, you, you were successful and you had that money but your eyesight and your health wasn't the best that you wanted. So I guess it would have changed through the years what success and optimal health look like for you. Um, success to me is freedom, honestly. Like I'm, I'm, I'm li- I have a little house here that costs next to nothing on an island that's super cheap. My life is cheap, right? Like cost-wise, I don't have fancy cars, I don't have fancy stuff. Don't need it. To me, it's I can wake up when I want to, I can hang out with the people I like, and I can get away from situations that I prefer not to be in, which is specifically more relevant in these days. To me, that is success. It's like you can determine your own life and you can pursue happiness. I'm not knocking people that have nice cars, but however you want to. And I think that's more attainable than people think. Different topic though. And for me, that's... And and health is... I started um, a jiu-jitsu a year or so ago. Like I'm in my mid-40s. And... This is just thought of this because you, you mentioned optimal health, like being able to do that and having my body function and being able to participate to me is health, right? Like it's not, I'm not trying to run a marathon, which cool for people would do or be huge or whatever. It's just the ability to play and not be limited by a body that, that is getting older, older in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And most people go, you know what? I'm 40, I'm 50. I'm not going to try those things because Society tells us that my body's not good enough. Um, and you're saying there, you know, if you look after yourself and if you've got that optimal health, you can you can try anything at any age and 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 and, ex- and succeed, which is amazing. 
So let's talk about today's topic, which, like I said, I'm so excited about. Uh, your eyes are healthy. You can get back to seeing without glasses. I mean, that is a pretty big call, and we'll go into it throughout the interview. Um, to start off, let's talk a little bit about vision, because some people might be like, well, what is myopia? What What is all that? What's eyesight? What's vision? So let's start off with a simple question. What is myopia? Nearsightedness or shortsightedness? I don't know what it is in Australia. It's an oddly right, terms. Um, you can't see clearly at a distance. You basically need some kind of corrective lens. When you take them off, things are blurry further away. Um, myopia, nearsightedness, shortsightedness, any of those three will do. Yeah, and that's what that's the word that we use here in Australia, shortsightedness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny because sometimes short sightedness, you kind of figure out like, oh, you can't see close up, but it's you can't see far away. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so backwards, right? Like, far sightedness is you can see clearly far away, but not up close. Yeah, yeah. So, what effect does actual vision have on our health? I mean, most individuals who don't have eye issues or have twenty twenty vision, they don't probably know what effects it does have on our health because they see clearly and there's no issues. But for the individuals who may have issues. What effects does it actually have on your health? Because at the start of the episode, you said it might affect your moto skills and things like that. So would you be able to go into a little bit more of that? You know, that's actually a good question. And I skip this a lot and I shouldn't, um, because a lot of people that, that maybe listen to this go, oh, I have contact lenses, right? Like it takes 10 seconds to pop them in in the morning. My vision is perfect. Or I can get LASIK or my glasses are fine. I like glasses. That podcast where the host is like, I love glasses though valid right but what happens so is body's a system and i feel weird saying this because i'm not a doctor and i'm not a even a proper hippie despite the beard but the whole thing is connected so as just as a few like super simple short examples if you wear glasses when you're walking you have to look at the ground because you have no peripheral vision beyond the scope of the frame so people with glasses are always looking down when they walk are you hearing background noise? Rainstorm just started again. It's raining here too, but it's not too loud. <laughs> Is it okay here? Or yes, I can't it? hear anything. <laughs> okay, good. Sorry. Um, so you're looking at the ground. So now you're moving through the world different than somebody who has peripheral vision. And peripheral vision is another thing. And this is speculative, but your visual cortex, part of what it does is it it's always aware of what's happening on the periphery, which you don't have properly when you're wearing glasses. So your periphery is cut off. You don't have peripheral vision. So your general level of anxiety becomes elevated, right? Because your brain just keeps telling you, I can't see any of the things that are going on here. Affects everything, right? Like people report just generally being less anxious with contact lenses or as their vision improves, interacting differently, which is another thing. If you're wearing glasses, especially, you're training your eyes to look through the center of the lens. So when you're talking to somebody, like social interactions, your behavior is slightly unusual. People don't notice, but you seem a little different because you're kind of stiff. Your neck movement, your eye movement, your head movement is different because you have to look through the center of the lens. It's a little bit weird. Like, I think it's some of the things where people say that's where the, you seem nerdy or introvert or just subtly different by doing this so you have your social behavior you have your posture as you're moving through life 
as you're functioning. You have the your emotional side, the anxieties that potentially affect you. All of these things are playing a role when your vision isn't what it should be. Some of it's mitigated by contact lenses. People go, I just pop in contact lenses. But you're, one of the things you can look up on Google Scholar is corneal thinning. So you wear contact lenses for 20 years, your cornea gets thinner, which is no good and apparently not reversible. So even extend a contact lens where it isn't without a consequence somewhere down the road. Mm. See, I would have never thought about that because I myself, I haven't worn glasses before. There was no need for me to wear this. So it's so interesting that you mentioned that and spoke about it, like looking at the ground, the social interactions, all those things. I think that's absolutely, uh, it blows my mind. And it makes me think like, wow, there's a reason why you don't want to wear glasses. There's a reason why you actually want to figure out what is happening. So you're able to remove them because it's going to assist your health in so many ways. And I mean, we can go into so many other details about how it affects your health. Like you said, posture. And if your posture is not good, it affects your back. Then there's pain Then there's sleep. Then there's even maybe digestion, the vagus nerve and so forth. There's so many aspects that it can go down to. Um, but, but what, what is, so, if it's not genetic, right, what is the cause of myopia or the causes that most people haven't heard about or hasn't been spoken about? So it's a $100 billion a year business, $100 billion, if you think about it. Like it is an insane, insane business. Every optometrist, every optic shop, the lens manufacturer, the frame manufacturers, it's a its a massive web of business that is one thing, right? Like the answers I'll provide make zero profit. So it's $100 billion versus nothing. And then there's people that are addicted to screens and don't want personal responsibility. Right? Like you'd rather say diabetes can't help it. I'm just going to get insulin shots. It's there's those two pieces. The reality is the short, short version is pseudomyopia, P-S-E-U-D-O myopia. If you go to scholar.google.com and look up pseudomyopia, focusing muscle spasm. So the eye is a ball and the front is a lens. In the back is the retina where the light focuses. The lens focuses the light on the retina. And the lens is surrounded by a circular muscle. The muscle tightens up when you're looking up close. That bulges out the lens causes light to focus for close-up vision. The muscles tense while you're looking at things up close. If you're doing that for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours every day, it's not how the muscles intended to work. Eventually the muscle spasms. So basically you're looking at your phone or your laptop for hours and hours, muscles in close-up. Now you're looking at a distance and the muscle is supposed to completely relax to flatten the lens, but instead it just relaxes partway. So your, your lens is literally stuck. Like if you set your camera to manual mode, it's just stuck somewhere in between, not where you want to see. So now you have blurry vision. Pseudomyopia, also called near-induced transient myopia, well understood in clinical science. Like there's 50 years worth of studies. If you type that in a Google Scholar, you get like 20,000 or so search results. Showing that your initial myopia, short-sightedness, was a muscle spasm. And this is... In the same journals, by the same, basically, industry that is also selling you glasses. But there's a huge divide between the academia, which is into research and understanding, and the business, which is selling a treatment. People, call, It's called prescriptions, but there really should be subscriptions because you, you, you get to the optic shop once and you become a subscriber to the lenses, basically. 
What a great business model. Like, honestly, when you actually think about it, when you know business and when you know how it works, it's actually a well-developed business model. The subscription, the whole coming in, there's an issue, and now you're a customer for life. Yeah, you are. And you are. And you started with a muscle spasm. Like, I encourage people to look this up because all the jokes aside and my beard jokes, I want to make people not trust me right? Like I'm not a doctor. I'm not an optometrist. I'm not a guru, even though I like to say it. Go to scholar.google.com and find out what the cause is. Muscle spasm, not a discussion, not a debate. Like that's what science figured out. Now go to the optometrist that sells you glasses and ask the same question. You should be getting that answer. If you're, if you're being told mysterious genetic condition, the person is not telling you what science knows as the truth. Mm-hmm. And these muscle spasms are created by us focusing for a long period of time uh, ongoingly. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's kind of cool. Like this circular muscle is a neat thing. Like if you look into the biology a little bit and it's just not meant to be in one tight spot for hours and hours every day. Like initially when the first time we go to the optometrist, we always have low myopia, right? Like it's one doctor. It's not, a, it's not much. If they told you, no more reading books, no more playing with screens for two days. You need to go hiking and biking and play outside. It will be largely gone, right? Like initially, like that muscle spasm would be resolved. But it's a hundred billion dollar industry. These people are not malicious. Like there's no scam there. The optometrist has been taught to basically look at your eyes and figure out what doctors you need and sell that to you. And the whole industry is little bits and pieces of everybody just doing a small bit of the job. And the supply and demand is there. But if you zoom all the way out, it's a muscle spasm and you're being sold a subscription instead of being told, hey, if you go play outside for the weekend, this thing's going to be gone. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I love that you explained it in such simple terms for individuals to understand that when they have a laptop, an iPad, a phone in front of them, you know, they're, they're, they're focusing so much. Our eyes aren't meant to do that for a long period of time. We are made to relax our muscles by looking at, like I've heard a lot of, an, uh, say, look at the horizon, right? Would um, Do you agree with that? Like looking at being outside, looking at the horizon, seeing the sunset. Um, like you said, um, I think biking was a huge one because when you're on the bike, there's so many things happening and you're using your eyes in different aspects. Yeah. Six meters, 20 feet, if you're if you're going to be boring and nerdy about it, that muscle is fully relaxed. So as Six long meters. As, yeah, as long as you're looking further than that, you're not having, you're not, you're not focusing that muscle, you're not working mm. that muscle, which you don't want to excessively, right? Like So when we think about moment, last time we looked somewhere for six meters, like even the audience listening, they'll be like, when was the last time I looked at something for six meters in front of me? I mean... Uh, this morning I went for a walk and I probably looked at six meters in front of me because I didn't look at the floor. But I mean, it's not a, it's not a normal thing that we do. We look six meters away from us, is it? Yeah. I mean, if you're biking and hiking and surfing and doing stuff, then it is. And one of the other things when you asked me initially about my life, like I kite surf and I paraglide and I do all kinds of things that number one, I didn't think I could do because I thought I was too clumsy and afraid, but also I needed to do because I realized that I need things that tempt me away from the screen. Totally new. It didn't ever existed. It's like if somebody introduced like candy and alcohol, 
out of the blue. Like we don't all be drunk and just eating candy and being drunk, right? Like that's what we always screens right now. It's like a new thing and nobody said yet, hey, this is maybe no good. So we're in this state of constant, just instant gratification, scrolling at stuff. And when I say go outside, people's reaction literally like, this is boring outside. There's nothing going on, right? So we're, it's a, we're in a weird moment in time and it's really difficult because fixing your eyesight is simple. Like it's, it's really simple, but the, the motivation to do it isn't there for most people. And then exactly what you said, when am I going to look six meters away? Which is kind of, kind of sad because I know. beautiful things are six meters away. It is, it is, it's actually, it is sad. And like, I, I work on a laptop. Um, clearly we're recording now on a computer. I try my best to. I don't, from what I know, I don't really have eye issues, but I try my best to, there's a window there and I just look outside the window every half an hour or something. I just look outside. I try to point something, look at it and so forth. I mean, I don't know if that is going to help, but I just feel it just helps relax. And and even just looking at nature helps, you know, even if it's not for my eyes, it's just that um, relaxing. But what have been some common treatments? So let's look at treatments that is currently happening if you go to the optometrist. Um, what would they be the common treatments that you'd get? And then we can look at some treatments that maybe you've gone through or, or, or um, uh, you would uh, think about. So interestingly, that's also a good question. You have good questions. Um, none of the stuff that you can find on Google Scholar was ever discussed at the optometrist. It was almost like this is some kind of weird alternate universe secret, which I could never understand. Super short version of this of the other part of the eye. It's a ball, it's a fluid filled ball. Like we talked about the lens in the front and the retina in the back, but it's it's not perfect. Like it's not made out of glass, like it continues to move. So it has a built-in mechanism to adjust its length. It's super cool. I mean, if you're a big nerd, like the, the biology is really cool. Adjusts in length. And the way it does it is it checks, the retina checks how the light hits it. If some of the light diffracts in front of it, then the eyeball shortens. If some of it goes behind it, the eyeball elongates. This is an ongoing, it needs it because it's just a ball filled with fluid, right? You put an, a lens in front of it, made to, to overcome your muscle spasm, basically, that moves the light further back in your eye, especially if you use glasses while you're looking up close at a computer screen. In the beginning, when you really don't need them to look up close, the glasses cause more of the light to focus behind the retina. So what happens is the eyeball elongates. Lens-induced myopia on Google Scholar. Tens of thousands of search results. They found this on fish. I don't know how they put lenses on fish. They found it on chickens. They found it on monkeys. They found it on humans. So the lens, the, the lens that the optometrist sells you, the $100 billion industry, causes your eye to elongate, causes you to become more myopic, causing you to come back next year needing strong glasses. No. Not a question, not a conspiracy, easily looked up at any moment, right? Like, so that was the only treatment. And I've always joked since I've been doing this for a long time that once they come up with something they can patent, suddenly this information that nobody seems to know about mysteriously will become more accepted in the optometry practice. And now they have, for example, there's a bunch of different treatments, but they have contact lenses with these defocus rings on them my site is one of the brands that is meant to help focus some of the light in front of that retina instead of behind it to stop the myopia progression. And the 
literature used to sell this product to the optometrist mentions all these studies that I talk about. It's shocking. So they're like, even realizing cares. that there is something they, wrong with glasses. But they know, and they've known all along. It's just there was no there was no profit incentive to do anything with that information. Right? So no, because and that's not there's no conspiracy. It's just if there's no money in it, then you're not gonna do it. Right? Like there's no you go to work to get paid. You gotta pay the rent, you gotta pay the bills. Like if there's no money in this particular piece of information, it doesn't become actionable in a business. But when they figured out how to make that contact lens, right, that makes those defocus rings, now all of a sudden all this stuff I talk about and all the stuff that science has been talking about makes it into the retail practice to sell you $2,000 contact lenses that you honestly don't need, right? But they're basically admitting in that literature that glasses cause more myopia and these defocus rings help slow that down. But it's ridiculous. Like, it's crazy that that now that's being admitted. Then there's other stuff like Ortho-K that temporarily flattens the cornea while you sleep. Um, so it changes refraction temporarily. Kind of works, but doesn't address the cause, doesn't address your, your close-up habits. And the cornea gets its normal shape back throughout the day, so your eyesight is back to where it was. Long-term also, lots of not great consequences by continually squeezing on the cornea. They use atropine drops. Um, it's literally a poison that paralyzes all the muscles in your eye. Genius plan. Paralyzing all the muscles in your eye paralyzes the focusing muscle too, so it doesn't stay tight. So you ideally have less of the myopia symptom, but you also paralyze the pupil. So now you're super light sensitive. And again, you're, you're putting poison drops in your eyes. These are some of the common treatments that are outside of the scope of just wearing glasses. But the theme is always, how can we address this in a way that that retains profits? Which you have to, right? Because you have bills to pay. Wow. See, I didn't know most of these things because I never had to really go down that route of looking for glasses or looking for a solution for glasses. So I find this absolutely mind-blowing. Um, and and it's just like my, my mouth is just like, what? Like, are you serious? This is absolutely crazy. What about those individuals that go, you know what? I'm going to chuck out my glasses. I'm not going to wear the lenses, but I'm going to get laser surgery. You are good with the question. So I have a podcast, but it's not a real podcast. We just talk to people who are working on their eyesight because I felt that it was important to have other people than me talk about their experiences. Mm -hmm. I only ever did one real interview. Oh, I want water also. We shouldn't do that at the same time, but <laughs> I only have had one real interview because, well, some famous YouTuber was talking about LASIK and I kept getting messages about it every day. So I messaged Dr. Morris Waxler, who we've been in contact for many years. Dr. Morris Waxler is the former head of the FDA, the American FDA uh, surgical devices, chief of surgical devices who got LASIK approved. He's 75 now, I want to say. He's got this this Einstein white hair going all over the place. He's the man. He's literally the man at the FDA who got LASIK approved. And I was like, Morris, we have to chat about this. It's going to be juicy. Oh my God. It was an hour. <laughs> of, I, I'm terrible at interviewing. You should talk to him because I felt like I'm not doing it any justice. He sent all references beforehand of all the things he was going to talk about. And it was juicy. I mean, it was literally. Okay. So for example, he said, 
the FDA's requirements for passing LASIK surgery was two things. One that you could see 2020 on an eye chart, which in his word doesn't mean anything about your actual vision. And two, that your eyeballs didn't fall out of your head. That's reasonable. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no long-term, no long-term <laughs> medical consequences were included in the requirement. And he said stuff like, you cut the cornea, right? Like, so the integrity of the cornea is significantly affected, potentially permanently. You have no, the nerves are cut, so you have no pain sensations for the next year. And he goes, we didn't, that was not our thing. Like, so a year later, you might start having eye pain because the nerves are growing back together. No, that was not, that's not part of the requirement. He spent the rest of his life campaigning to try to reverse that decision. He says it's the most terrible thing that ever happened. It, he feels that it's on him. And he's clearly, I mean, he's 75. He should have, you know, better things to do than being on a podcast with me. But he's tortured about this decision. He says people commit suicide, 30% chance that you have permanently dry eyes. He's like, it should have never gone through. He talks about the cowboy attitudes of surgeons. It's an hour of the man just, you talk about being amazed. I was just, I couldn't believe it. Because it's not just some guy, head of the FDA, talking in ways that I never thought I'd hear a high-level government person talk about stuff. It's a terrible idea to do LASIK. I mean, you've thought about these things, but you didn't think that they would think the same thing and be on the same wavelength as you about these things. I didn't think he would talk like that. <laughs> your eyeballs falling out of your head. I was like, I'm, I'm a little bit of an outlier. I'm weird, right? Like, I feel like I'm on the outside banging on the window and everybody's inside shopping. But this guy was just like, yeah, we had no idea what was going on. And we were just like, yep. Can't see, good enough. And the way he talked about it was just, just shocking because you don't expect it anymore, especially in the world we live in today. We expect to be lied to at every turn. And once you're government or official, you're like, yeah, you're going to get a narrative. But the man was really sincere and really emotional and really detailed in his references. And if I were to think about getting LASIK, I recommend watching Morris talk first before you do that procedure. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get the link and I'm gonna put it in the show notes so people are able to access it. And I'm gonna definitely have a listen to it because I'm absolutely amazed by this. Yeah, amazing. I made little short five minute clips because an hour podcast is long just to give you like a, a teaser of if it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. So you, we've already spoken about you saying that you know knee sightlessness is not an illness, um, but a hundred billion business um, and you've gone a little bit about that in detail so if it's not an illness and it's a business what does that mean what does that mean are you able to go in a little bit more detail about that like if what what is it if it's not an illness so there's people who are listening right now and are like wearing glasses and are like I've been told I have an issue with my eyes but now you're saying there isn't really an issue with the eyes so by the way, I own a bunch of lens stock. So I'm happy for all the people that ignore me because they make me real money. Like my lens stock portfolio, holy crap, over the last six, seven years has done fantastic. So thank you to the people who wear glasses. Um, That's actually no really funny. I have to I have to laugh at that. I have to laugh at that because I do a little bit of trading too. And I have to laugh at, uh, at what you just said. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I mean, you notice, right? Like you recognize that that's where it's going. Um, 
surgical devices too. You know, retinal detachment is a $2 billion industry now. And if you read their reports and forecasts, it's just kind of weird how excited they are about increase in retinal detachment cases because of high myopia, right? Like, so there's tons of money in that. Like if you're trading long-term, like long-term trades, profitable stuff, but two things, right? Like it's a muscle spasm. Muscle spasm is not a genetic condition. It's not an illness. You're not a patient because you have a muscle spasm. They call you a patient because they're gonna sell you lenses that cost wholesale two to $5. They're gonna charge you hundreds of dollars for. That's why they call you a patient. They don't want you asking questions. These things were not prescriptions and are not prescriptions where I live now. Uh, reading glasses are not prescriptions. They're clear curved pieces of plastic. They spent millions of dollars in lobbying to protect that only they can sell those things and call you patient and call them prescriptions. You don't ask a question, even though you're in a shopping mall, even though you walked into clearly what's a retail store full of frames and lenses, the guy gives you a piece of paper and says, this is $300, but it's his prescription on it. You don't ask questions, right? Like that's the racket is because you can go buy them online now and they've been really fighting this and pay $20. They still make lots of profit. They protect that whole thing, their margins, by calling your patient and calling these things prescriptions and making you believe that you have some mysterious genetic condition, which you don't. Muscle spasm, not an illness. And then a perfectly healthy eye, what I started explaining before, elongates. It's not sick. It has to be perfectly healthy just to respond by elongating. It also shortens, by the way. There's great studies on humans showing that the reverse happens also, that eyeball shortens back if you give it the opposite stimulus, if you make the light focus in front of the lights. No money in this, right? So nobody talks about it. But that's, people don't wanna hear it because they wanna be glued to their screen and that giant industry doesn't wanna hear it because that's where the money is at, you know? Mm. So I could just imagine Jake walking down the road on the island and whenever he sees someone with glasses, you just wanna stop him right there and go, do you know about this? <laughs> I don't. My friends don't know that I do this. This is like I'm in the closet about and myopia. My friends have no idea because I've learned that people don't care. And I don't care what adults do, right? But there's this great coffee shop that I love down the street from here with this couple that are just amazing. And I've got two kids and the older one is, I don't know, seven, eight. And she sits in a chair watching YouTube videos on a phone and it hurts me. Adults, I don't care. But that kid it's going to affect so many things, right? Like I'm not, I've been on podcasts where people talk about other development from attention deficit to all kinds of things by scrolling, clicking and scrolling and clicking for a little kid. I'm thinking about eyes and I have to force myself to not say anything because I don't want to be that dude giving people parenting advice, but it sucks, right? Like that part really sucks to me when I see little kids playing on phones, they're not getting the opportunity to develop normally because their parents don't know. Mm, mm, develop their eyesight in a way that it should yeah. be developed i love that so the individual that's listening now is like okay jake cool thanks for all the information that's absolutely amazing but i'm still wearing glasses right now and can i throw away my glasses and can i reverse this are you saying that there's hope for me don't throw away your glasses um yes for sure the eyeball okay this is theory right? Like up until how myopia happens is scientifically well-established. My claim that your eyeball will shorten based on what we're saying is a claim. I haven't funded a clinical study on this. 
right? Like who has the money? Eyeball shortens is the idea. So the idea is if you wear slightly weaker glasses, slightly, 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 slightly weaker glasses, that some of the light, instead of focusing behind the retina, focuses in front of it. But only slightly, because throwing away your glasses or making dramatic changes is just going to be a ton of strain and no fun. A very small reduction, because all you want is some of the light to stray in front of the retina to make your eyeball go, I want to be shorter. And what we found, and this is going on 20 years and tens of thousands of people, anecdotal evidence, of course, is if you wear slightly weaker glasses, every three to four months, you can wear slightly weaker glasses again. So in a year, you're making three to four reductions of glasses, all the while going through this little wave of you see slightly less amazing for the first month or two, and then it stabilizes and it improves. And after like four or so months, you see exactly the way you did with your previous glasses. And you make another little tiny reduction. I'm giving you the short version. I'm like saying like, go to the gym to get stronger. Short that, that's what I had. That's what I had in my mind. As you were saying, I was just thinking about someone lifting weights, start with one kilo, then go to two kilos, then go to three kilos. But you're saying the opposite, go down, 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 because you're training that muscle. And you're, you're encouraging the eyeball to go, maybe I want to be shorter. Again, theory. The only thing we know is that this works for a lot of people. And there's tons of people. We have a big Facebook group that post optometrist improvement like they, they go to the optometrist before and after and they have a lower correction from the optometrist so it's not even biased right like you could be having just the effect that you think you're seeing better but tons and tons and tons of cases where people see better the the most plausible explanation is that the eyeball shortens by little bits and there's more to this of course because just like going to the gym like, like what's your diet like and how often should you go and how much weight should you lift and blah is a lot more detail, but the short version is just a little stimulus by slightly weaker glasses. The healthy eye, which is not diseased or ill, uh, changes to give you better eyesight. Mm, mm. So we've spoken about, and we're going to go more into that after this question. So we've spoken about that, you know, laptops, iPads, staring at the screen, not looking six meters um, out, that actually worsens our eyesight. Is there anything else that you've seen that actually worsens people's eyesight besides electronical devices in front of them? Yeah, actually. Okay. So the thing that reverses myopia is what I explained. It's, it's simple. And there's all these crazy people online that sell courses and things and eye exercises and blah and eye vitamins that I'm against because it's not addressing the cause and it long-term doesn't work. Right. So I stay really close to the screen is the problem, right? Your, your close-up habits are the problem, but insulin spikes bad for your eyes, for example. So if you had a pizza and drank a big Coke, you could have noticeably worse vision while you're having an insulin spike, stress, bad sleep, bad emotional states. You can measure your eyesight. Another really short version of this is the diopters on your so-called prescriptions, the number of the power of your glasses is just a measurement of distance. People always don't know what the prescriptions mean because they're, I think, purposely obscure. But for example, if you take a book and you hold it in front of you, you have your glasses off, you move the book further, further away very slowly, and you look at the point that you no longer can see the letters perfectly clear. Like, 
your letters look the same, look the same. And suddenly it's like, oh, there's a little change. You stop there, you take a measuring tape, measure from your eye to the book. And let's say it's 50 centimeters. That means you would need two dioptic glasses to have perfect vision. And the way the formula works, it's 100 divided by the distance in centimeters equals the diopter power of your glasses. That's why you can buy them on the internet. And that's why you don't need an optometrist because all it is, that big charade in the office and the lab coat and the clicking the lenses in and out is where does blur stop? 100 divided by the distance is the doctors. If you put on two doctor glasses, you have perfect eyesight. The interesting thing about measuring this at home is go eat a pizza. I know you wouldn't recommend that, but then measure your eyesight after you eat the pizza. Measure your eyesight in natural daylight and measure it with crappy fluorescent light. It won't be 50 centimeters. It'll be 45, for example, right? Like spend four hours on an iPad and then measure the distance. It won't be 50 centimeters. It'll be less. Go for a nice hike, right? Eat healthy food, be in a good state of mind, have slept well. Maybe it's not 50, maybe now it's 60, meaning less doctors are needed to correct your vision. I... This is one of the first things I recommend people do is start measuring because it takes us from a theoretical, well, that's interesting, Jake, to you see that number keeps varying and you see it varies based on your environment and your habits. And so you can reduce your doctor dependence fairly quickly by making sure your diet's good and you sleep well and you're in nice natural ambient light and you're not binging on close sight. I love that. I love the simple explanation. And I mean, for those individuals, if you want to keep your glasses on, stare at the screen, order your pizza in and let, and don't sleep. You know, if you want to do that, you can do that. And I, I, I guess, you know, a lot of gamers, a lot of business individuals, a lot of traders, that is what they do. That has become their norm. The hustling lifestyle is actually causing short-sightedness. And you can't, you know, I do that. Like I have long close-up days. Like now we're in this weird storm thing that's been going on for two days there's nothing to do right like there's just absolutely nothing to do it's you can spend 10 hours in front of a screen after three hours take a giant break don't bring your phone don't bring, just just a break of real distance vision and then have another three hours not that bad right don't do 10 hours at once that muscle is going to be locked regardless three hours and you take a break you give the muscle some space to relax, it'll be fine. And then don't spend the rest of the time, don't go to a restaurant and play on the phone, right? Like don't sit on the bus and play on the phone. Don't spend the rest of your time not being addicted to the screen that you're telling yourself you're not even doing. The work time is fine. It's like, and I always say, it's a super great opportunity to find something else to tempt you, right? That's why I mentioned I do paragliding and kite surfing and stuff because the screen's tempting and as all addictions, you're not going to be able to fight it without some incentive. So like I had a, I had two podcast episodes with guys that surf that have otherwise whatever normal jobs, but surfing means driving to a spot, right? Like that's some distance away, getting ready, talking to friends on the beach, then spending a couple hours in the ocean and then repeating that whole process going back home. That compensates for all that close up and your vision improves. The problem is just the people that have worked screen time and then all of their personal free time is consumed by screens as well i love that and just that doesn't only help eyesight it helps so many 
other things. So it's kind of like you're, you're, you're getting healthier, not just your eyes, but your whole optimal health is getting a lot healthier because you're socializing with individuals. That's mental and emotional health is getting better. You know, you're probably um, outside in the nature where that's just helping your overall health. So with what you just said, you're, you're hitting the spot on so many things, not just eye health, which I love. I love, I love being able to do an exercise. I love being able to go somewhere, do something where it's like, okay, cool. That's awesome for my eyes. That's good for my heart. That's good for cardio being an A-type personality. Like, okay, that's awesome for this. And it's like, tick, 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 tick. Awesome. Cool. And then I can go back to my work. (laughs) Yeah. And that's totally, and that's why I say like the best way to accomplish that is finding hobbies. And I did this the opposite way because I'm afraid of heights. I don't want to mess around jumping off mountains. I don't, but it was a thing where I'm like, I've calculated how many hours it's going to get me away from temptation of screens driving up the mountain, talking with the people, waiting for the wind, all of that stuff. So many hours that I'm getting great, just a lot like you. Like I didn't, I didn't have a passion for paragliding. I'm afraid of that stuff, but it gives me a gigantic break from the screen that compensates for the next 10 hours that I'll be in front of it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's summarize for the individuals who are listening. Let's summarize some practical tips. And I know you've mentioned a few throughout the podcast, so two things for an individual who has perfect 20 vision at the moment, but they're scared they might develop myopia. What are they able to do? And what are people able to do that want to get their 2020 vision back? Some practical tips, three or four that come to your mind that you're just like, yep, summarize, bam, bam, there you go. Um, if you have, if your eyesight's fine, especially if you have kids too, right? Like print an eye chart, buy an eye chart or print an eye chart, hang it up at home measure the distance there's three meter ones there's six meter ones so the six meter ones are more accurate but depends on your space hang it up somewhere where it passes you or you pass it on your way through the house just look at it once in a while right like you should see whatever the best line you see after you went for a hike after you went to the gym after you after you wake up in the morning check the chart right and then casually look at it after you just had a giant netflix binge and go, huh, that's not the same. It's like having a scale in your bathroom, just an eye chart at home that you can look at once in a while. It gives you a reference that never changes on where your eyes are, especially for kids. Can you read the line? What's the line? They'll memorize it, but still. Because there's cheeky chart. ones will memorize it. <laughs> yeah, for kids, you have to be trickier, but you can do other stuff with eye charts. If you already have myopia, if you do not need the glasses during close-up, take them off always. Not most of the time, just always, if you don't need them. Like if you can still see the screen without glasses, take those freaking things off. Your eyesight won't get worse, right? Like if you have minus one diopter right now and you only need it for distance vision, whenever you don't need them, take them off and you'll always be minus one. What makes your eyesight worse is the hyperopic defocus, the, the light hitting behind the retina, which happens mainly when you wear the glasses during close. Take those things off. If your glasses are too strong, already where you can't see the screen without the glasses buying weaker glasses that allow you to see clearly to the screen but only to the screen will mitigate a ton of eye strain this is not sanctioned right i'm not a doctor i'm not an optometrist you're gonna have to sneak out there and buy those things you wear them for a month for all of your screen time if you ever forget to and you just have your distance glasses on you're gonna know immediately you're gonna feel nauseous you're gonna just it's gonna be unpleasant it's a strange sensation you've forgotten by just wearing those strong glasses all the time. 
no glasses for screen use or about a dot or a dot and a half less for screen use will make a significant difference to your eye strain. From there, if you want to improve your eyesight, learn to measure. I, I don't want to plug the site, but visit nmyopia.org for the more detailed bit of how do I buy weaker glasses and when do I buy weaker glasses to start on that slow descent into not needing them anymore. Yeah, I love that. And I'm going to put that website on the show notes. And I'm also going to promote the seven-day course that you have on your website also, which I think is absolutely amazing. Um, so, look, I love all the information that you shared with us, Jake. I think it's definitely an absolutely amazing hope. It gives hope for those individuals, for those kids, for whoever is listening to be like, you know what, wow, my life may be a little bit different if I take these off and I'm able to take them off forever, slowly working through it, which is absolutely amazing. So I love the work that you're doing and I love the information that you're sharing. I think it's absolutely amazing. So to finish off, um, as this is the Natural Health Podcast, I wanted to know what is your best kept natural health secret? So for example, something that you might do every day, once a year, something that you do that keeps you on optimal health. I am always on the hunt for ways to use my body that are not um, structured. I don't like treadmills. I don't like running. I don't like the gym. I go to the gym, but blech. I like stuff that is playful. We mentioned the jiu-jitsu I discovered and I was so excited about it. A thing that makes you use your body in a strenuous, challenging way, but you're not thinking about it. That's my, the, 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 the kite surfing thing was one of those kind of what you said earlier, check off the boxes. I didn't want to, right? Like I look at it and I'm like, I'm not that guy. I'm not that cool. But I'm like, if I learn that, it'll improve my coordination. It'll improve my balance. It'll be cardio. It'll be strength training. It'll be outside time for my eyes. Like it's going to just hit all the things. And I look cool, right? Like I'm out there kite surfing and you think that I'm a cool dude and I'm not, right? Like I'm literally just using it because it does all the things, to take care of myself. I love that because it exposes flaws that the gym wouldn't, it it bridges all the gaps that would otherwise be missing if I was just following some regimen or routine, anything that's playful and involving the whole thing. And the other thing I do is every two, three, four times a year, I do blood panels because I'm old now. And I'm super interested in how diet and lifestyle changes the numbers on the thing, right? And I just go to the lab, I don't go to the doctor. I just go to the lab and I cross off all the things and I keep a spreadsheet and I'm like, what does this do to my blood sugar? Like how much can I stray and eat sugar even though I'm not supposed to before the numbers get wrong, right? And those two things together, I don't know. We'll have to see when I die. But for now are my two pieces of, of health that I do regularly. I love that. I have to see when you die. That's very optimistic. I love it. <laughs> you have to see when that beard grows, you know, it might change your insulin level. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Right. Like it's, it's because we don't know how much of those things are really relevant. I had one of those CAC scans. Have you heard of those? CAC. Coronary, coronary artery calcification scan. Okay. Uh, Ivor Cummins has an amazing podcast, not to plug other people's podcasts, but most men die of heart disease, right? Like that's the number one thing. And apparently heart disease is calcifications of the coronaries in your, in your heart. And I mean, of the arteries in your heart, right? Um, you can measure that 
And I didn't know about this. I get every year I get health checkups and I pay cash. So they're not trying to like only give me what the insurance allows. And I go to fancy hospitals and I didn't know about this. Like I just get all this stuff. Nobody's ever mentioned it till Ivor was like, get one of those scans. I'm like, ah, crazy talk. Went to a fancy hospital and it's like a x-ray machine that looks like straight out of Star Trek. Like the x-ray is like you lay on this bed and the x-ray spins around you. And it takes like 640 slices, sliced images of your heart. And it creates this 3D image of your heart and throw, showing how much calcification is in there. It's like a preview of how long you're going to live heart disease wise. And I didn't have any, but I thought that was a fascinating way of kind of gauging, am I going to die from this particular thing anytime soon? Well, that, that's good. That's an absolutely amazing. Yes, and heart disease is one of the killers, especially here also in Australia. It's it's absolutely crazy how many individuals it takes every single day. Um, so it's really good to hear that your heart is doing amazing and there's not much calcifications around the arteries. <laughs> not any yet. It was zero. This, this course at zero. That's amazing. I recommend those things. I think they said when you're 50 or so, you should have one. I'm not sure. but And apparently you can also reverse the calcification. I know nothing about that. Cause I don't have any, but it's apparently a real actionable thing. You can figure out how much is going on and then you can make diet changes to affect it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this valuable information about eye science. It's definitely opened up my eyes, pardon the punt, about <laughs> eyesight and how it affects our health. Um, so I absolutely love that. And I'm pretty sure the audience got so much out of this. Jake, I really do appreciate it. Um, and I'm going to be putting in the your website and other information down in the podcast notes is there anything else you wanted to share before we sign off just one little note if you go to the website your first instinct might be to be terrified because i made it many years ago and i'm not a website maker and again i don't have real profit motive so there's a lot of weird stuff in there and just humor and inside jokes and you're going to also spend some time because there's just a lot of information that's accumulated so if you poke at it look at it as a as a wealth of information rather than uh, selling you a quick five-step fix. No, I love it. I've been on the website and it's perfectly fine. And I found my way around it and I saw the humor and I was like, this is actually funny. <laughs> a guy that talks about eyesight and it's funny. I think that's a bonus. That's absolutely amazing. So thank you. Thank you so much, Jake. I really, really do appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us at the Natural Health Podcast. And remember, the missing link between failure and success is your health. The content and information provided here is opinion of Mahela Raguse and is for information purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to provide medical advice or take the place of medical advice or any current treatment you're undertaking. Consult your own medical professionals for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the Natural Health Podcast. It is advised that you consult your doctor or healthcare professional in relation to any health concerns you may be having. Mahela Raguse does not take responsibility for any health consequences which occur from a person listening, viewing, or reading this content. And Circumstances shall the Natural Podcast, Mahela Raguse, any guests or contributors to the Natural Podcast, or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Mahela Raguse be responsible for damages arising from the information provided on the Natural Podcast. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical conditions in either yourself or others. Please note if you're taking prescription, do not stop your medication or start a new protocol, including but not limited to supplements 
diet, lifestyle changes without consulting a doctor or healthcare professional. If you or any person has a medical concern, you should consult with your healthcare provider or seek other professional medical advice. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something that you have read or heard on the Natural Podcast or in any linked materials. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or emergency services immediately. Neither Mahayla Raguz nor the publisher of this context takes responsibility for the possible health consequences of any person or persons reading or listening or following the information in educational content.